and welcome to another edition of the Big Recon on Sports Podcast. I am your host, I'm the Big Recon. Today is Sunday, October the, or Saturday, excuse me, October the 29th. Uh, for all those who are getting ready to celebrate, happy Halloween to all. For all those who are really not that excited about it, you should get excited. It's Halloween, it's a fun time of year. In my house, we have Spider-Man. So those of you who follow my personal uh, social media accounts on Facebook, you see Bobby of Spider-Man this year. Um, I'm lobbying for Keith Hernandez next year. Little Mets uniform. Mustache. Eye black. I told my wife that was what I was when I was young, and she said, yes, but you wanted to be that. And that's very true. So I want to go over a couple things with you guys that I've been wanting to talk about for a few days just with... Work and everything else, I haven't been able to get on. So tonight we're going to go into get into it. Excuse me. Uh, we're going to start with Ohio State. Then we're going to get to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and then we're going to do a little history lesson from this past week. Um, so let's start with Ohio State. The last few weeks, uh, today going to eight and zero with a huge win over Penn State. Uh, maybe the best game they've played all year. I got to watch ninety nine percent of it today because we had a trunk or treat here for little man um but let's go back in time a little bit and let's start with what they've been doing ever since the last time i spoke to you guys which i believe was after week four so we got into the te- the teeth of the big 10 season huge win up at michigan state uh scoring 49 points um looked good it really can't complain the defense has been outstanding Their first real test, in my opinion, was last week against Iowa. Now, for everybody who says, oh, it's Iowa. Oh, their their offense is terrible. Their defense is in the top five in the country. And through the first nine possessions last last week, Ohio State only scored 16 points. I'm sorry, uh, yeah, 16 points. Um, And then all hell broke loose. They ended up beating them 54-10. C.J. Stroud and the offense figured it out in the second half and just went crazy. And for the second time this year, they shut out a quality opponent in the second half of the, of the of the of their game, having done that to Notre Dame in the opening week uh, back when Notre Dame was a top-five team. So moving forward, we go to this week, which was Penn State. Not the whiteout. It was a high noon game. And let me tell you something, the Nittany Lions showed up today. Uh, Ohio State took the opening kickoff and drove down, kicked the field goal. And then crazy things happened. On the first series, JT Tuamolau bats a pass in the air. Interception. Okay. Very nice. Bucks Bucks score a touchdown by Mayan Williams. Who we lost injury, so we don't know how long he's going to be out. Tui Molau had the game of his life today. A pick six, a forced fumble and recovery on a strip sack, the tip for the interception, a second interception earlier in the game as Clifford threw an interception on the first two Penn State possessions. But they couldn't get the offense going. C.J. Stroud did not throw a touchdown until the fourth quarter. 
Uh, they could not get the run game going. The only thing they had going was Marvin Harrison, who was unreal. Ten catches, 185 yards. Really the only offense Ohio State had until the fourth quarter. Why do I keep saying the words until the fourth quarter? Because something happened in the fourth quarter that no one saw coming that watched the rest of that game. As the Buckeyes put up 28 points, 21 of them by the offense. Of course, the pick six by Tui Morlau was the twenty was the fourth touchdown, but it turned into a blowout and a garbage time touchdown made a final of forty four thirty one. Ohio State huge win on the road today against a very quality opponent in Penn State, who seems to have fixed the defensive issues they had when they got blown out up in the big house against team up north. So now the com- the conversation, I'm sure this week with the first college football playoff uh, rankings coming out, will be, oh, well, who has Ohio State played? And who has this one played? And who has that one played? Well, let's get to it here. Georgia, I believe, won today. Um, they were playing the... Uh, they were playing Florida in Jacksonville. Um, let's take a look. Yeah, let's see all on this here. Um, out of the top 25, we're talking Tennessee beats Kentucky, is beating Kentucky by 21 at the half. USC is up at the half. Uh, Old Miss is losing to A&M just before halftime. Georgia smoked Florida. So 1-2-3, and 1-2 and two anyway, won their game scoring over 40 points. Georgia and Ohio State go into the first playoff rankings at 8-0. Tennessee will most likely be the number three team in the country. They're on their way to a win. And then, unfortunately for Buckeye fans, it looks like Team Up North is going to be number four in that first ranking. So the SEC and the Big Ten have taken over college football, which, after all the moving and shaking, you expect. So where does that leave Ohio State moving forward? Well, we got to see how long Mayan Williams is going to be out. Because of a knee injury today, he... Scored the touchdown early, and then on a play on the sideline, looked like he planted wrong and got hit, and then he sat out the rest of the game. Trevion Henderson had a forty-some, a forty-one-yard touchdown run late, which got the Bucks moving a little bit. Uh, Stroud again efficient. Ohio State forced five turnovers and didn't turn the ball over. Um, not the greatest game from C.J. Stroud, but like he has done since he took over. Under center for Ohio State, with few exception, they got a W. A come-from-behind win. They were down going into the, at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Penn State scored. Clifford had a great game. I'm going to give a lot of credit to Sean Clifford. He played phenomenally. The strip sack was a breakdown by the offensive line. The interception looked like something out of Madden. Toby Molau is coming over the end, and Clifford is trying to throw an out to the sideline in the flat. And he just jumped and grabbed this thing and took off into the end zone. It was like hitting the Y button on the Xbox playing Madden. He just jumped, grabbed it, and off he went. And I was sitting there watching, I went, whoa! I actually made my wife and my mother-in-law watch the replay. I was like, guys, look at this. This is insanity. And of course, Fox takes forever to do the dang replay. 
my opinion on this Ohio State team is this is the best Ohio State team since 2019. The Chase Young, uh, Jeff Okuda, Sean Wade. Um, who else is on that team? Tough Borland was playing linebacker. Um, then they had J.K. Dobbins and Justin Fields and Terry McLaurin. All those boys playing in that on that team, and not Terry McLaurin, K.J. Hill, was a well-rounded team that in my that they got screwed out of the the uh, Fiesta Bowl. Let's be honest, they got screwed out of the Fiesta Bowl. Was not targeting. That was a fumble. End of story. So moving forward. What do the Bucks have coming up? We all know what's coming up in about a month. And that is a showdown at the Horseshoe with the team up north. But outside of that, for the next few weeks, let's jump into what Ohio State has going on forward. Next Saturday, it's at, uh, at Northwestern. The following week, the the that's on the fifth. That's a noontime game on ABC. The twelfth is home for Indiana. The nineteenth, they go to Maryland, and of course, on the twenty sixth, you have which will probably be unless something happens, and they're only a team up north's only up 10-7 right now to Michigan State. Will probably be a two versus four matchup unless Georgia falters. Then it'll probably be a one versus two matchup. Um. I don't think Tennessee is getting past Georgia. So if Tennessee beats Georgia, I think Tennessee will be end up being number two. With Ohio State keeping winning, they're going to end up being number one. They lose to Georgia. Georgia stays number one. We're talking about 2-3 Ohio State and Michigan that final Saturday of the season before the Big Ten Championship the following weekend, the first weekend of December. My favorite parts of the last few weeks, this is going to sound messed up, but this offense has done these things and averaged this many points and won by this many points without Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, JSN has not really played this year because of that hamstring injury that continues to nag him horribly, in my opinion. This was supposed to be the Boletnikoff winner. This was supposed to be the guy who made himself a top five pick in next year's NFL draft. To play wide receiver, I made the joke that after the garbage this year that um, watched the Jets end up with somebody like him to go with Garrett Wilson, and now the Jets are playing great, so who knows what's going to happen. So I had a scary thought, and I actually talked to Jim on the phone the other night, and I said, Jim, I want you to think about something. He said, what's that? I said, if C.J. Stroud go- comes out, Kyle McCord would then be the starter next year, most likely. And he said, yeah. I said, I want you to think about how scary his wide receiver room is going to be. So what do you mean? I said, it's going to, JSN's not coming out. So it's going to be JSN, a true junior in Marvin Harrison, a true junior in Emeka Ibuka, a true junior in Julian Fleming, in the same wide receiver room. Those four. Same four this year. But a year of experience, another year of tutelage under Brian Hartline, Scary. And Travion Henderson to be a true junior. That's frightening of what Ohio State's offense could be next year. And their defense just keeps getting better, especially Tui Molau and Jack Sawyer coming into their own. Uh, and guys on the defensive line are coming into their own. That game on the 26th of November is going to be insane. 
It's going to be absolutely insane. I can't wait. I absolutely cannot wait. So I will do a review of next week's game against Northwestern. You know, Patty Fitz always has the boys ready to play. Um, I think that's on campus. I know they play at Wrigley sometimes, but I think that one's on campus. Uh, last time that Ohio State went to Northwestern, it was a huge win by Ohio State. I think they won by 30. Uh, it was a year after they played Northwestern in the um, Big Ten Championship game. Was it, 20, it was 2021, I believe. Uh, they played, yeah, because 2020 they played Northwestern. In the championship game. So it was 2021. They went out there last and they won pretty big. No, it was 2020. What is it? It might have been 2019, as I'm trying to remember. Uh, it had to have been 2019. Jakey Dobbins was still there. Uh, they won huge. And that was the year after they played them in the 2018 championship game. That's right. So the Bucks have a clear path to November 26th. Black Friday, the 25th, live event. Big Recon YouTube channel. Big Recon Twitch page. We will preview the 118th playing of the game between the Wolverines of that team up north, the University of Michigan, and the Ohio State Buckeyes, which will be live at high noon from the Horseshoe on Fox. Gus and Joel on the call. Can't really ask for more as a Buckeye fan. This is the game you want. This is the revenge game. And Michigan has seen nothing like the Ohio State offense this year. So let's move into the Cleveland Cavaliers. I got a treat the other night. Being in upstate New York, it's kind of tough for me to get a hold of their games and watch them as much when they're not playing the Knicks or the stupid Nets. Um, but I got a treat. They were on NBA TV the other night, and I watched them play the Washington Wizards. Uh, Bradley Beal is a menace. Absolute menace. Uh, Kyle Kuzma is a great player, but this Cavs team has impressed the hell out of me going into at, from the beginning of this year. They lose on opening night by three. They lose Darius Garland to injury on opening night. So you're thinking... Another Cleveland season. Well, no one told the Cavs because they have won four in a row since then. Um, they open up. They open up against the Raptors. Lost one hundred eight, one hundred five. They come out the next night in Chicago, or a couple nights later in Chicago. They win one twenty eight to ninety six, a thirty two point victory in Chicago. They beat the Wizards one seventeen, one hundred seven in overtime. Uh, Last weekend, the only thing I didn't like about that game was that they blew a seven-point lead to get to overtime and then just blew the doors off the Wizards in overtime, which is great. But you really can't lose that lead and make yourself have to play more minutes. Uh, then they beat the Magic by 11 a couple nights later, and then so far what I think is the... Um, Pretty close to their game of the year so far, especially the game of October. Was a 132-123 win in overtime last night in Boston. Wow. Just straight wow. I was following the game. Bobby didn't really want to go to sleep last night. Tonight he went out pretty quick. Um, Didn't really... I was following the game on my phone 
Um, they weren't on NBA TV, and I don't have the sign-in for my parents' cable account so I can watch them on Bally. But it was not, uh, they were down 10, I looked, once. I looked again, it was in the fourth quarter, they were tied. And I went, oh, wow, this team's coming to play. And then I looked again, I get the update at the end of the game, and it said they won by 9 in overtime, and I'm like, whoa. These boys come to play. I did not know Donovan Mitchell was this good. The things I know about Donovan Mitchell going into this year was he was a scoring dynamo in Utah. His dad worked for the Mets, and he loves to take batting practice at City Field, and he's a huge Met fan who's all over Twitter and all over Mets Twitter, blasting him and yelling for him every chance he gets. Did not know he was this good. This is a team that lost its max contract guy in Darius Garland, and they've won four in a row. When Garland comes back, which may be tomorrow, they play the Knicks. Ooh, they play the Knicks tomorrow. I'll be able to watch that one. Um, they're in Cleveland against the Knicks. Hopefully Darius will be back soon, because the, I want to see the two of them play together. Donovan Mitchell is the type of guy who I want to take the last shot. And he had a great look against the Wizards, and he he, he missed the shot. And that happens. You're not perfect. Um, and then he took over in overtime with, I think, a couple of assists and at four or five points in overtime. He's a better three-point shooter than I thought he was. I thought he was more of a slash guy and a mid-range guy. Uh, but he has hit a lot of open threes, or lot, and some contested for that matter. Uh, he's played decent defense which has been the knock on him when this, they made this trade. Willie, when he came on with Jim and I, was like, oh, he doesn't play a lot of defense. Willie and I will talk about that as the NBA season goes on because he was absolutely right. In Utah, he didn't play a ton of defense. He plays defense now because he doesn't have to be the only man. Evan Mobley has stepped up and is playing outstanding to start this season. Isaac Okoro is still a defensive wonderkind, and he's contributing on the offensive end. Can we talk about my favorite player on the team and Jetty Osman? Jetty got married. He plays better. It's insanity. He made a play in the Wizards game. It was in overtime, and they made a defensive stop, and in transition, Jetty takes off. And he's quick. Donovan hits him. He goes up and under. Kuzma even grabbed the rim. To try and let him have that shot go in. And he still put it in on the reverse layup and the foul, and he hit the foul shot. He is shooting about 45% from beyond the arc. They are getting contributions from everybody down that bench. Dean Wade has hit so many three point shots in the last few games, blows my mind. Uh, Mobley has stepped up his game there. Jared Allen has been Jared Allen, a force underneath, both offensively and defensively. Marco Rubio has. Uh, done great filling in for Darius Garland at the point. Karis LeVert went off last night. Him and Donovan each went for 41 points last night. It's the first time a Cavs teammates went for 41 at, in the same game apiece since Game 5 of the 2016 NBA Finals when Kyrie Irving and LeBron James did it. Game 5, of course, started the, the comeback to winning that title. As the season progresses, their defense is going to get better. Their offense is going to get more efficient. 
which in my opinion is scary for the rest of the Eastern Conference. They have a deep bench. They play defense. They have a stopper in the middle, and they have two guys on the they have two guys in the front court or the back court, excuse me, who can both handle the rock, both score when you need them to, and both know how to be a distributor. This team is loaded. And Father Time's coming off the bench in Kevin Love. This Cavs team is more primed for a championship run than any team that wasn't that 2016 team. The 2017 team went and played for a championship. But once KD went to Golden State, you knew they weren't going to win it. I th- If I got to see them play them, but I think this team could keep Golden State on its toes. As good as they are. With those, with their big three and Draymond. I like to knock out my teammates Green and Clay Thompson. And of course Steph Curry. This is a loaded, loaded team. And they are young. And they are talented. And J.B. Bickerstaff just might be the right man with the right message at the right time. I hope I'm right. I hope this is a team that goes on to play in an NBA Finals very soon. I will watch every moment of that Finals because this team is as deeply talented and as well-constructed as any Cavaliers team since the days of Hot Rod Williams and Larry Nance Sr. and Mark Price and Craig Elo and Brad Doherty those teams that really only didn't win a championship because of some guy from Chicago who liked to just put daggers in their heart. So it's been a great, great start to the Cavaliers season. It has been a wonderful start to the Ohio State season. They are right on track for where I thought they would end up, which is in the Big Ten championship game, most likely against, scarily as it may be, Illinois, um, or a second date with Iowa. Um... Some other things around college football today. Uh, number 22, Kansas State skunked Oklahoma State 48-0. Wake Forest, at number, who's number 10, lost to Louisville. Uh, Notre Dame upset Syracuse, which is scary to think. Syracuse is number 16 after almost beating Clemson last week. They lose 41-24. Uh, Jackson State, Coach Prime's team, shut out Southern today in the Boombox Classic. Um, what else? Uh, Harbaugh and his boys are winning by six at the half in the big house against Michigan State. Now, they, they, they talk about common opponents with these idiot fans on Twitter from Michigan. And by the way, Ohio State blew Michigan State out. Wasn't a game. UCF beat Cincinnati. Coach Fickle, a year after a playoff appearance, has not had the greatest year. Um, something new for this year here on Big Recon on Sports and mostly on the Wise Guy Show. I am going to get into a little bit of hockey this year. Uh, I will keep an eye on the New York teams. Uh, Jim is a huge Islanders fan. And, of course, I've rooted for hockey one year of my life, and that was 1994. The team I rooted for was the New York Rangers. It was my dad's team. And why was it only the one year? Well, because in 1994, the New York Rangers won the Stanley Cup. No reason to root anymore. 
Uh, but I'll keep an eye on them because now they're winning. They won 6-3 today. I know they won, beat somebody 6 nothing to start the season. It was insanity. So I want to keep this around a half hour. So I'm going to go with our little history lesson today. Now, as you know right now, the World Series is going on. Philadelphia Phillies with an epic comeback last night to take a one-game-to-none lead against Houston, who was already winning 3 nothing tonight against former Mets Zach Wheeler. But a couple of things happened this past week in sports history. Um, Tuesday was October the 25th. And 36 years ago, this past Tuesday, one of the most amazing moments and sad moments in baseball history happened. When Mookie Wilson hit a ground ball up the first baseline and it went through poor Bill Buckner's legs to end the one of the, if not the most epic comeback in World Series history. As the New York Mets, who were down to their final out, final strike, multiple times, scored three runs in the bottom of the 10th inning to beat the Boston Red Sox and send it to a Game 7. Where the Mets, of course, win Game 7. But I went looking for something, because you always hear Vin Scully's call of those two things. But this is the one that sticks with me, and I found this on YouTube. Um, Murph left us in 2004, uh, passing away uh, shortly after he retired from calling Met games. But Bob Murphy was one of the soundtracks of my childhood. In the car with my father listening to the Met game, Bob Murphy... Gary Thorne, uh, the 86 season, 87 season, 88 season, and of course in 1989, Met fans were introduced to Gary Cohen, who has been the soundtrack of our life now, between the radio booth with Murph, with Howie, and then taking over in the TV booth at SNY with Keith and Ron. Uh, Side note, Gary Cohen is a finalist for the Ford C. Frick Award. Um, Unfortunately for me who loves just how games are called, so is Tom Hamilton. Who has maybe the best call going into a postseason. It's Cleveland you will have in October to remember. Gary Cohen, it's the home run call and things like the end of the Johan Santana no-hitter. The It has happened. Tears of Joy for the 2015 New York Mets. Um, The home run calls. Gary is one of the best, if not the best, right now. But this call that I'm about to play for you, I used to have on a CD of all the greatest calls in Mets history. I'm 43 years old. I was 7 36 years ago when this happened. And it still brings me goosebumps to this day. The end of that is coming from behind to win the seventh ball game. That's where the person cut the video. And of course, the first one I mentioned. 
We miss you, Murph. But it's been 36 years since that night, those two nights. As on the 27th, after a rain day on the 26th, the Mets would win the World Series, beating the Boston Red Sox four games to three. Ray Knight was the 1986 World Series MVP. He was back for Old Timers Day this year. I will have a full 2022 New York Mets wrap-up show. So let me give you some upcoming stuff. So Wise Guys will be in the next two weeks for our November episode. Um, Jim and I are going to go through a couple of things. And one of them that him and I are going to talk about is something I said on our one-year anniversary show. Which, by the way, thank you to everybody who listened or watched. uh, Both during the live and then after the fact. Um, I said that Major League Baseball should go scorched earth and do what the Big Ten did to ESPN. And do the same thing. So Jim and I are going to get into that and how that could look if that's something they decided to do. But starting after the first of the year, of course, let me go back. Black Friday night, live on the YouTube channel and Twitch, maybe even Facebook instead, uh, we will preview the, the game. Uh, Willie will probably be there because he's a fan of Blue. Jim will be there to make fun of me. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have a third guest. I know I had Alex last year. Um... I don't know if we're going to have Alex this year or not. I'll talk to him. But after the first of the year, we're going to have six or seven special Big Recon on Sports, Big Recon Baseball Show episodes. So because he's been on every one and he's the headliner on every one, I think I can say this and that Alex is going to co-host all the Big Recon Baseball Shows with me from now on, uh, unless he's unavailable. Um, but we're going to do a hot stove show. Uh, we do that each year. Uh, just to go over the free agent signings and whatnot. But then we are going to have six different half-hour to 45-minute shows where we preview each division and we'll have a special guest of a fan of a team in that division. Um, And this will be besides Alex. So I will have someone to cover the AL Central, the AL West, NL East, besides me, AL East and whatnot. And we'll talk about the moves. We'll talk about what we think the division is going to look like during the year. And we'll talk about the impact players from each team. I will get out more detail on that as we get closer. But right now, it's college football time. It's, you know, I'll, I'll do a review of the World Series at some point in time. Uh, pulling for Houston, by the way. Can't do it. It's the Phillies. Um, but, yeah, that's what we're going to have coming up next year. And we're going to preview all six divisions. Instead of doing one giant show, let's break it up. Let's really dive into some numbers, really dive into some rosters, and really dive into what we think is going to happen for the 2023 season. I can't believe we're talking about 2023 already. It just doesn't seem right. As always, a Big Recon can be found here on the Big Recon YouTube channel, on uh, on Twitter, at Big Recon on Sport, Facebook, Big Recon on Sports, Google, Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and ask Alexa to play Big Recon. Have a wonderful rest of your evening, everyone, or rest of your day, everyone, if you're listening tonight. I'm going to try and post it tonight. Uh, happy Halloween again to everybody out there who celebrates. Enjoy the World Series. Enjoy college football. Who cares about the NFL? Yes, I'm still bitter. And oh look, they're terrible. Have a great one, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.